0: what is going on everybody this is mike hughes and you're listening to mike on the mic everything sports related podcast today is september 5th sunday 2021 and we are officially seven days away from the nfl season kicking off yes i said it t minus seven days away until chicago bears football is back it's a sunday night game in los angeles against the los angeles rams sean McVay gonna be an amazing game versus matt Nagy, aaron donald versus khalil Mack, matthew stafford Versus Andy Dalton. Um, but, but there is a possible chance, knock on wood, you know, you never wish injury on anybody, that at some point, maybe, possibly, who knows, it might be Matthew Stafford versus Justin Fields. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I doubt it. I doubt we see Justin. and We're going to get into that in a little bit on how I feel about Justin Fields sitting on the bench, why he's sitting on the bench, um, more of an in-depth analysis on, you know, is it just because they want to groom him for a year? Is there an inner plan with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace that potentially could save Matt Nagy's job if he sits um, Justin Fields for the majority of the season and that prevents him from getting fired at the end of the year because he is on the hot seat? Ryan Pace, not as much so um, because he finally did hopefully get a quarterback uh, job right for the Chicago Bears organization, which he hasn't in the last seven plus years, um, You know, all the way from Mike Glennon, Uh, Chase Daniels, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, and so on and so forth. Uh, Mark Sanchez was also another one of them. Now you finally have Justin Fields. So we're going to see what happens with that. I'm really excited about it. We're going to talk about it today. The 53-man roster came out. You know, you got guys clearing waivers, um, getting brought back onto the practice squad. We're going to see what happens with all of that because it's not always promised, you know? Like Daz Newsome got cut from the team and now they're hoping that he joins the practice squad. But at the end of the day another team can pick him up. Um, so we're really curious to see what's going to happen with that. You know, two guys, two guys, um, Thomas Graham Jr., who were, uh, cornerback, who we were recently in contact with um, about joining the podcast. He's talking to his people right now to see if he's allowed to, you know, with everything going on. Um, we're going we're gonna to try our best to get him on this podcast. We're going to try our best. He's an amazing individual and a talented individual at that. Um, Daz Newsome, if you haven't checked him out, check out Kevin Lapka and Bears Nation Podcast. They have an amazing uh, video with Daz Newsome. They're good buddies with him now. Um, It's a great listen. Check that out. They also have Josh Woods. If you want to listen to Josh Woods, check out Kevin Lapka and Bears Nation Podcast. You can always find that on um, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts or um, YouTube videos. You can find them there. But, With that being said, we're going to kick it off. We're going to have a conversation about it. Let's start it off. We're going to start it off with Matt Nagy. Um, Going into this season, how do I truly feel about Matt Nagy and what this offense has to bring? Bill Lazor is being brought back. Um, He is our offensive coordinator, even though Matt Nagy is yet again taking back play calling. He will be calling plays to start the season. Um, How do I feel about it? I honestly, you know, the honeymoon stage with Justin Fields is over. And that's, that's truly how I feel about it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get it going. You know, I've said it for the last three to four years now, going on four, that Matt Nagy is a big part of the reason why Mitchell Trubisky didn't succeed. um, Pardon me. But he's a big part of that. He's a big part of that because you come into this offense, um, you know, being quoted as a quarterback whisperer or an offensive guru. You know, you were mentored by one of the greatest coaches of all time, top five for sure one could argue, top three in Andy Reid. Um, so you learn a lot from him. You know, you watch Patrick Mahomes play. You watch Alex Smith play. You know, you you, you had a job in Philadelphia with the Eagles as well. Um, you're close with Doug Peterson. You're close with all these great NFL head coaches. Um, and then you come into this league, you win coach of the year in your rookie year because, you know, you throw all these tricks out and you throw all these trick plays and all these great play-calling abilities. Um, but for me personally... I felt as though you used everything you could in your first year, and it's it's definitely a bold statement to make, because it's not me saying that he's not talented and he doesn't have any other tricks left up his sleeve. I believe he definitely does, Um, but I believe, you know, a big part of his success was the fact that you know a lot of teams didn't have that much tape on how his offense would actually be run um ran I should say but um yeah and and Mitchell Trubisky there wasn't a lot of tape on what he was gonna be and you know the amount of weapons that you had was you know a speedy guys and Taylor Gabriel to Cohen um prior to the ACL tear and, and a bunch of other guys so I mean I love that 2018 team but I look back on it and I realize how defensive heavy it was with Vic Fangio and that the that the defense was really outplaying the offense every single game, which is perfectly fine. That happens. Um, the nineteen eighty five Bears, you know, the defense will always be better known than the offense. But at least you had an established offense. You know what I mean? Like you knew you were running the ball with Walter Payton, and you knew Jim McMahon was going to do his thing. But with this twenty eighteen Bears team, um, you 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 really didn't have a, a, an idea going into the next year on how it was going to be, it all depended on Mitchell Trubisky's development. And for me, Matt Nagy going into 2021 um, with Andy Dalton, it, it it upsets me. It upsets me a lot because it's one of those things where it's like, I can't really judge Matt Nagy based on what I want to judge him on. And, and it's strictly based off the fact that, all right, well, with Mitchell Trubisky, he just wasn't developing. He just wasn't doing his thing. You know, we're a Mitch supporter on this podcast, but at the end of the day, um, at that time being... I understand that Matt Nagy didn't really position Mitch right in the right ways to succeed. He didn't use him to his strengths, but also Mitch really wasn't developing in the way Matt wanted him to develop. Um I understand that, you know, um Lamar Jackson isn't a passer, but he's becoming one. You know what I mean? Like hardball is developing him into being a better passer. He's becoming more accurate. He's becoming a pocket passer. Um, He's still definitely a first option mobile QB, um, but he could pass the Brock too. You know what I mean? So with Mitch, it was one of those things where it was like, I have to give Matt some type of break because Mitch really isn't hitting those strides of how we want him to develop and how we want him to continue to get better. But I also felt like, okay, well, if you understand that, then you have to compensate for that. You know what I mean? Like You have to be better. You have to run the ball more. You have to run Mitch more. You have to do a lot of things that Baltimore did early on with Lamar Jackson and that we've seen a lot of other teams do with a lot of other players. Um, if your quarterback cannot throw the ball more than 10 yards in an accurate level, run that bitch. That's, that's, that's plain and simple. Um, You had Jordan Howard, who was amazing with the Bears back in the day with the John Fox era. And in your first year with Matt Nagy, you let him go. Um, Tariq Cohen, you know, he's only 5'6", or no, I'm sorry, pardon me. He's only 5'8", 5'9". So it's one of those things where it's like, um, you know, at some point, these guys are going to get the tape on Tariq Cohen and they're going to find out, you know, um, how far they could really take him before they start to frustrate him and before they start to lock him up. David Montgomery was still young at the time. Cordell Patterson. Is serviceable, but he's not, you know, the guy. Um, that might be different this year in Atlanta with Mike, him and Mike Davis, you know, sharing reps. But we'll see how that goes. Um, Mike Davis was another one or, that you barely use, and then he goes to Carolina and balls out. Um, Lamar Miller, so many others. I mean, the list goes on and on of wide of uh, running backs that this team has had, and you just fail to run the ball. So for me, um, why am I saying this? Why are we having this conversation? It frustrates me because you can't see what Matt Nagy truly can be um, because he hasn't had his perfect scenario. And his perfect scenario in his eyes is Justin Fields. Unfortunately, you've had you know Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniels, Nick Foles, and now Andy Dalton is starting week one instead of Justin Fields, who has overperformed, outperformed by miles and miles um, <laughs> against... Um, Andy Dalton in preseason, and, and I understand, you know, from the standpoint, it's like you want him to develop, you want to do what they did with Alex Smith, and 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 Patrick Mahomes. But at the same time, your job is on the line. This defense isn't getting any younger, and you and Allen Robinson is on the franchise tag. So you really do have to just do what you can to make this a great year. Um, and Andy Dalton might surprise the world. Andy Dalton. Might end up throwing over thirty touchdowns this year if he plays the entire season. Like it's definitely an option. I'm not gonna say it's not. Um, it's definitely a possibility. It's definitely in the realm of uh, realism. I think you know if we're gonna look at Andy Dalton as a player, you know, let's let's look at his let's look at his stats from recent years. Um, you know, we take away the Cowboy season because not only did he have a concussion last year, um, in a new system, on a new team, first time ever on a new team. Um, a new head coach, Mike McCarthy, who's not really known for his offensive play calling. Um, you know, and then you get COVID-19, you have so much going on with yourself, you know, and you still, at the end of the day, have over 2000 yards, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions, horrible year. 2019, his last year with the Bengals, a shitty Bengals, excuse me, a shitty Bengals team, mind you, 3,494 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. The year prior, 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. The year before that, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. The year before that, in 2016, he had over 4,000 yards, 18, uh, four, 18 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. Um, Prior to that, 25 and 7. You know what I mean? Like, over 3,000 yards. It's one of those things where I understand that was damn near seven years ago now, um, but... If you can tap into that, that, that's perfectly fine. Andy Dalton's not washed. Andy Dalton's not a horrible quarterback. He definitely does deserve a role in the NFL right now. Um, this is probably going to be the best offense he's had in a long time. Uh, you look at it, it's it's Dallas and, and the Bears, really, because all the Bengals teams were pretty much shit over the years. Um, you have Allen Robinson, is a top 10 wide receiver. You have Darnell Mooney going in the year two. You have Cole Komet going in the year two. A Hall of Famer in Jimmy Graham. Um, Marquise Goodwin, who's an amazing, amazing um, asset to this team. and something we really needed because Anthony Miller just wasn't getting it done. Um, you have David Montgomery going in the year three. You know, he's projected to be a top 15 back in this league. He looks even better. A beefed up O-line with... a. Um, Jason Peters and, and, and at one point Tevin Jenkins is going to hopefully return for the Chicago Bears but I hope ho- I hope to God they don't rush that because we don't need another Kyle Long situation um, where you just have the most talented guy in the room he just can't stay on the field but you know you're getting Tariq Cohen back you get Williams who was in Kansas City as well and understands the Andy Reid offense and understands all of this he's a Super Bowl champion um, you know you have a lot, uh, and you have Khalil Herbert, who surprised a lot of people. Um, I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be amazing. I'm really impressed with what he's been able to do so far in the preseason. I think he's going to be great. Um, but the, the point of this is what I'm trying to make is that at the end of the day, it's still not the guy that, you know, Nagy truly wants on the field. So for me, this is an excuse type of year. This is a year where at the end of the year, say the record of the Bears – there's a 17-game season, so let's say they go 5-12, and 12, you know, and, and they go 5-12 and 12 and Matt Nagy sits down in the office with Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace says, Matt, why should I bring you back? Why shouldn't I fire you? And he's going to say, point blank, um, And and I don't know if it's because he truly means it or if he just wants to save his ass. I need a full year of Justin Fields. I need year two Justin Fields. I need this. I need that. But at the end of the day, we've already given you the number one defense multiple times. We've already given you a top t- a, a top two pick in Mitchell Trubisky that you just refuse to develop around um, and change your scheme to fit instead of, you know, you trying to force him to change. You should have changed your scheme to fit Mitchell Trubisky and make this offense pretty average, um, which is what it hasn't been. It's been below average, you know what I mean? And, and, and run the ball more and use all phases of your offense instead of just focusing on the pass, pass, pass. You know, um, it's always short pass, short pass, run the ball, punt. That's that's really what it is. Um, let's let's be real. Like, you do not give David Montgomery the amount of carries that he should have. And Matt Nagy will go on there on TV and he'll tell you, oh, he does get the carries if you look at the stats. That's de- that's dead clock hours. Like that's that's dead. Dead reps, dead, dead rushes, like dead carries. Like it's, it's at the end of the game when it doesn't matter. Is when he starts to get hot, and you need to have him hot by halftime. That's just the facts. You need to have over ten to fourteen carries at half. Like that's how it needs to be. Um, I truly do believe that. Especially if you have Andy Dalton at QB one, Nick Foles at QB one, whatever you may be running. Um, that's really how it should have been. Um, I understand the offensive line wasn't great, but it's looking a lot better. It's Kevin Jenkins, um, who isn't healthy right now, but he will be at some point. You have James Daniels. You have Cody Whitehair. You have Sam Mustafer, You have Jason Peters. You have uh, Jermaine Effetti. You have some dogs. Um, I'm really excited to see Alex Bar- Alec Bars. I-, I think he's definitely someone you should rely on. Um, there's a couple other guys in that offensive line unit that I might be forgetting, but don't forget about. Um, we're gonna, you know, that's a whole conversation for a different day. We can go in depth about that if that's what you guys want. Talking a little fast, um, so pardon me if, if I am, but I feel like I'm always repeating myself. So if you don't know uh, my Matt Nagy takes already, now you do. But I, I, I feel like at the end of the day, he's just gonna say, you know, I want a full year at Justin Fields. So I think we're definitely gonna see Matt Nagy back regardless, unless Ryan Pace has a plan. Um, I really like, you know, I I really like going the college route. Really, I think, you know, um, it, we've seen it happen a lot now with Urban Myers and 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 um a couple other guys, you know, who come in. If, if Nick Saban today were to say, I want to coach the Chicago Bears, I truly do believe the Chicago Bears would be NFL champions, um, Super Bowl champions by 2025. I, I I just truly do feel like that. The way he brings in his system, the way he brings in his culture of Alabama and the, and the Clemson, uh, not Clemson, I'm sorry, um, uh, the, the Alabama Tide. I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it completely. I love everything he's trying to make, everything he replicates, his scouting department, his recruiting department. It's amazing. So if you can recruit these guys to go to a college, you can recruit these guys to go play for you while you have seven college national championships. Um, that's just an example. We all know Nick Saban's not coming into the NFL anytime soon. Um, but my point is, if you can get someone who meshes with Justin Fields, who understands Justin Fields and what he's great at and what he, his strengths are, I feel like this team can flourish. Cause let me tell you something. And, and it, and it's the realest thing I'll probably say about the Chicago Bears all year long. The only safe one right now for the first time in a long time is Justin Fields is QB one, like the future QB one. It's not Matt Nagy. Um, this isn't, okay, well, if you fail, we're going to give Matt another weapon. No, it's, okay, Justin, if Matt fails, we're going to fire Matt and give you a better weapon. You know what I mean? Like This is the first time we're actually sitting down and having that conversation because we're not fucking this up. We're not wasting three years of Justin Fields' four- to five-year contract on fucking Matt Nagy playing with his dick. Like We're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but that's what he's been doing the last two years is playing around with his dick and his clipboard. That's it. I'm sorry it had to be said. You have a playoff game against the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning champs. You go 12-4. and four. You have the greatest defense and the greatest defensive-minded coordinator in the league. Cody Parkey outscored your offense. Cody Parkey, who fumbled the game with a double doink, Still was the only reason you were in that game because your offense only put up six points six points You rushed the ball less than 15 times With Jordan Howard Tariq Cohen, Mitchell Trubisky and others on that team that were pretty solid the entire year You also had Taylor Gabriel who could you could run in the slot, you know pitch routes whatever you want to do um, You you could have done it and you did not you shit the bed because your ego got in the way so for me, and then you go into the next year, you know, you bring in Nick Foles, who's a, in, a, in a mobile statue, you have David Montgomery, you have all these other cats, and, and still, and still, nothing, nothing. You know what I mean? You go in the 2019, you just shit the bed, you go 8 and 8. You go in the 2020, you shit the bed, you go 8 and 8. You still can't run the ball. The last 3 years you've been here, you have not ran the ball. You have had, like I've said, Jordan Howard, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Corey, uh, Cordell Patterson, uh, Lamar Miller was on the practice squad. You could have done something with him. You know, the list you could have gotten Adrian Peterson. You didn't want to get Adrian Peterson. You know, the list goes on and on of guys we can talk about right now. Um, now you have Khalil Herbert so it's, and, and Williams and others. You know It's one of those things where it's like, if I don't start seeing the run game get involved in this, I question how much of a guru really are you? Maybe you are a quarterback's coach, but maybe you're not the head coach. You know what I mean? I think you're a great head coach, but you are not the play caller of this team. You are not a great offensive coordinator. Great head coach. man. Nagy can make you want to run through a wall. That's truly how I feel about it. Um, But when it comes down to his play calling and what he brings to the table, I question it. I really do. Um, So I do hope to see Justin Fields. But with that mentality of knowing that at the end of the year with, you know, Aaron Rodgers returning for the last dance with well whatever. I hate that term, the last dance, because the last dance is a reference to the 90s Bulls um, where they three-peated twice. They won a total of six championships, three in a row two times. The only reason they didn't win nine straight was because Michael Jordan retired for a couple of years. Um, it's it's just one of those things to me, though, where it's like, is it really the last dance? The last dance of what? Going to four straight and not straight, but going to four NFC championship games and losing all four of them. That's the it's the last time you're going to do that. I don't get it. But anyways, that's just my hate towards them. So don't take that personally. But it is what it is. Unless you're a Packers fan, then take it disrespectfully. That's how I meant it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where I just have no idea what I truly do expect from this team or from Matt Nagy um, from an offensive standpoint. You know, you have these guys, like I said, um, that I'm really looking forward to. They looked really good and really comfortable. Mitchell Trubisky made it known um, that he felt a lot more comfortable under Bill Lazor calling plays those last few games, last four games at the end of the season. Then, you know, you go into the playoffs against the Saints and that game against Green Bay um, right before the season ended in week 17. And Matt Nagy's back calling plays. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, again, you can't run the ball and you can't score the ball. Mitchell Trubisky no longer looked comfortable. Um, he won MVP, Nickelodeon, most valuable player. That's fucking cool, I guess. Um we want a real MVP. We want someone to be great. And I will put that on Mitch and I will put that on Matt because it's a coexisting award, really. Like, I understand, you know, maybe Kyler Murray balls out and throws f- 5,000 yards this year. Um, but the, at the end of the day, it's a coach and a player's award because the coach is a big part of a player's success. And I truly believe that the one thing that held Mitchell Trubisky back in all of his years was Matt Nagy not just letting him be him. You know, he was a Pro Bowl alternative. Um, He was a part of a winning season every single year. So, um, you know, we'll we'll actually get to see this year, you know, what happens. You know, we were going to have a losing record. We lost, what, five games straight last year. Um, And Mitchell Trubisky comes back in and, and we start getting things done. And I believe he went four and two, four and two when he came back. And the one game against detroit that was just a fuck up that was just something crazy that happened it shouldn't have happened we should have won that game so he really should have went five and one but he went four and two because of that fuck up which was on him um and and on the play calling because we should have just ran the ball i don't know why Mitch had the ball in his hands anyways but with that being said to move on to our next topic um the defense you know the defense is one of those things where it's it's like what the fuck just happened we let so many guys go um so many guys go and it's not even fucking funny. We have seven linebackers right now everybody. We have seven fucking linebackers. Also Danny Trevathan is injured again. He's going to miss the first few games of the season. Um, I love Danny Danny's amazing Danny's a a hall of famer in my eyes I mean future hall of famer at least maybe not first ballot but he's definitely in the hall Um, I love everything Danny Trevathan and especially in this 3-4 defense it's just something special Um, unfortunately we let a lot of guys go Um, I mean we dropped almost every corner we had. The only remaining corners are obviously Jalen Johnson, Artie Burns, and Trey Robertson. That's it. That's literally it. And, and from a linebacker standpoint, you have Khalil Mack, Travis Gibson, Roquan Smith, um, Joel L., um, Christian Jones, Josh Woods, Caleb Johnson, Alec Ogletree, and Danny Trevathan. Like, dude, why the fuck— do we have seven linebackers and, and only three corners? That is fucking rid- ridiculous. Um, you know, you still have Kendall Vildor, um, Duke Shelley, Xavier Crawford. They're they're on the um, they're on the bench, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we had some decent signings and we had some decent guys that we brought in. Um, his name's escaping me right now, but he was a great quarterback or cornerback for the Chicago Bears defense to match up with Jalen Johnson. I really liked it. Um, There's rumors going around right now that the Denver Broncos are actively shopping both Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. Um, It's a bold statement. You know, ditch Nick Foles. The Bears are also actively shopping Nick Foles. Uh, It took too fucking long. I feel like that should have been a thing from the jump. But I feel like they wanted him to... Learn, they wanted Justin Fields to learn things from him for a short period of time. And now that preseason's over, um, there's not much else he can really gain. Um, at least they probably feel that way. Um, and, and, and that's probably the fact of it. But at the end of the day, whether you know, Nick Foles is on the team or not, I'd rather have that cap space so you could bring in someone back like a Bryce Callahan, who was amazing for the Chicago Bears when he was here. Number 37. Miss him. Um, Kyle Fuller I miss him Number 23 We miss you every day Um, Don't even understand Why that happened The only reason That trade even Or that 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 cut even happened Was because they wanted To make room For a quarterback Thought it was Russell Wilson Ended up being Fucking Andy Dalton And then you ended up Drafting Justin Fields So it makes Zero fucking sense Um, It's not something They could prepare for I'll give them that You know No one really expected Justin Fields to drop Um, So I'll give Ryan Pace that but at the same time, it's still like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? It's it's not a good look. Um, so for me, you know, if you could get one of them back, I say fucking do it. I don't see why they trade either of them. Um, I do know they did draft a corner. But um, I believe it's Patrick Sertan, um, who's a stud. But I feel like if you have all three of them and Simmons as your safety and you have Von Miller and you have all these other cats on this defense with Vic Fangio, who coached Fuller and Callahan – um, not only can they teach Patrick a lot, but it's also one of those things where it's like, this could be a dog fight for for top three defense. I feel like Denver's definitely in it. um If they just get a couple nose tackles in there, I feel like they're in a really good position to just be dogs um But for me, you know it, it's it's one of those conversations that you know you want to have like you know Richard Sherman is still out there. he is still available. Um, he did have a couple of things going on off the field, you know, um, getting arrested, and we're not gonna get into that because it's a conversation for a different day. Um, but you know, he's still an amazing individual. He's still an intelligent individual. He's still a Hall of Famer of this game. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's experienced. He's been the two, or he's been the three Super Bowls with two different teams. Um, you know, with the 49ers and the Seahawks. So it's one of those things. Where it's like, I truly do believe that if we were to bring in Richard Sherman, you have Richard Sherman, Artie Burns, Jalen Johnson, in no particular order. Um, I don't know why I said Artie Burns before Jalen, but um, you have Duke Shelley, you have all these other guys that they can learn from, you know, Richard Sherman. I feel like even if he's at 85%, you know, that's a solid, that's a solid bringing, bringing it in and in a great addition of this team. Um, I think we should do it. I think we should definitely explore that option. I think it's something that, um, you know, we're not talking about enough. I think at the end of the day, cornerback is going to be our number one issue throughout the season. Um, I think it goes cornerback, uh, offensive line, linebacker, and then quarterback. Because at the end of the day... What it, what it's going to come down to is this, really. It's going to come down to who remains healthy. And the offensive line never remains healthy. Jalen Johnson, as much as I love him, hasn't remained healthy in recent years in college, or nor last year towards the end of the year. Um, you bring in Bryce Callahan, that's perfectly fine. Um, but he hasn't been healthy recently, uh, even when he was with the Bears. You, know, you bring in Richard Sherman recently, also hasn't been healthy, has off-the-field issues. Um, but it, it's one of those things where it's like, who knows... What the fuck's gonna happen? Who knows wh- what we're gonna do? Um, because it, it was a big surprise. like it, it was it's one of those things um, that that you didn't expect to happen. Like there were a lot of cuts. Daz Newsom was a weird cut to me. Um, that just didn't make sense. Like I feel like you know, he was a little bit injured. Um, Thomas Graham Jr was another weird cut to me. You draft these guys in this year's draft. Um, and then you never really even gave them a chance. Uh, Desmond Trufant uh, was one of the cuts as well. You know, um, it's right now listed as it is the biggest shock on the list. Um, you know, his best days are, it's quoted, his quote, his best days are certainly behind him, but the Bears are desperate for a real number two CB and Trufant could have been just that. Um, you know, and, and I agree with this guy's article. I'm reading it it's on, uh, what is it called? BearGoglenson.com on fan side. Um this guy says, quote, as I stated earlier, Vildor and Shelley haven't shown much so far, and I think having both of the both on the field regularly is not setting the defense up for success. Um I love that quote. I love that quote because it's the truth. You know, I like Duke Shelley, but Duke Shelley needs to be surrounded by two studs um to to make up for something he may lack in, to make up for a for um, an assignment that he may have missed on, you know what I mean. So for me, I think Trufant really did bring you that veteranship leadership, um, veteran leaderships. Pardon me, I'm starting to lose my words. Been talking all day, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I just looked at it and I was like, "What the fuck are we doing?" You know what I mean? Like you could have been it. You could have brought in Trufant. You could have brought in Johnson. You could have brought in. Um, Richard Sherman and cut the rest of them and I would have been like I'm down with that but then you end up just cutting your rookie you end up cutting you know who has a lot of promise you know um and and I'm not just saying that because I I, I might have him on the podcast I'm saying that because I've watched him in college the kid's a promising talent Graham is a promising talent um as was Daz Newsome you know what I mean like i I watched a lot of UNC Tar Heel games with him and Sam Howell the connection was real and I felt like Given the opportunities, um, maybe we could have made that work. They also cut Riley Ridley, who never really got a fair shake to begin with, Calvin Ridley's brother. Um, we'll never really know what they had in that, and we'll never get to see that. Maybe he gets an opportunity somewhere else. Um, you know, the at- the Atlanta Falcons might actually end up giving him an opportunity because they're very short at wide receiver now that Julio Jones is gone. Um, maybe he gets a practice squad gig there and plays with his brother. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, yeah. Um, And from a kicking aspect, you know, Cairo Santos, um, Pat O'Donnell holding it down, doing their thing. I'm really happy for them. Um, You know, they deserve it. I'm hoping Santos remains the same. Uh, My only concern is, you know, respectfully, he hadn't looked great. And he's been on several teams in the last few years. Um, He gets a big contract extension with the Bears after one, you know, prove it season, which I didn't really like the signing just because there were no fans. Um, and I, I do wonder how he's going to be without the fans. It's really going to be interesting to see, is he going to be the same guy that we saw last year or is the noise going to fuck him up? You know what I mean? Like, is that it? Is that why you don't perform well? Is because of the noise? Is because of the pressure of, you know, um, 40,000 plus fans, 50,000 plus fans in a stadium? Like, I, I do wonder that. It's a great question to ask because You've know, you seen it in the MLB, you saw it in the NBA, you saw it in the NHL, you saw it in the NFL, you saw it everywhere. It was everywhere that was sports. A lot of guys underperformed due to it, and a lot of guys exceeded expectations because of it. Um, So was Santos one of those guys who performs better when there's nobody around? I guess that's yet to be seen. Um, I'm really curious to see how that turns out. It's going to be a really interesting conversation to have. Um, Another one before we go, Sean Desai. I love Sean Desai so far. Um, I think the one thing, the doctor, they call him the doctor. I believe he has a PhD. He's a very intelligent individual. He's been a part of the Bears organization since, I believe, 2012 or 2013. Um, So he's been here for a very long time. You know, he's a DB's coach. Um, You know, that'll help a lot, especially with a lacking defensive um, back unit. You know, you just have Eddie Jackson and uh, Tashaun Gibson and and, and Jalen Johnson for the most part. And that's only one corner that I just named, you know, so... It would have been nice if Trufant was there or, or Graham was there, you know. So you really got to rely on Shelley. You really got to li- rely on Vildor. Um, but hopefully having a very cornerback heavy or DB's back heavy head coach um, for your defensive, you know, unit, um, not head coaches and head coach of the team. But you know what I mean? As the, from, of the defense, you know, Vic Fangio is very pass rush heavy, you know, very focused on that D line. A lot of guys are focused on the D line or the linebackers. Um, so to have someone who's actually understanding and understands that, you know, the DBs need help too, you know, that, that that's great to see. My one thing with Sean Desai is I think sometimes his emotions get the best of him. Um, he's very pass rush heavy. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Khalil Mack did not get a service, um, from Chuck Pagano after Vic Fangio left. With Vic Fangio, it was perfect. But with Chuck Pagano, Chuck Pagano was just so passive. I just fucking hated it. Um, you have you have fucking Khalil Mack and and Leonard Floyd who's now tearing it up with the Los Angeles Rams. Just being so passive, they're being in pass coverage, doing all this other shit when they should be rushing the quarterback. Um, especially when you have Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols and all these other cats on the line in the trenches that are opening the floodgates for these two monsters to fly through. Now you have Robert Quinn, uh, Robert Quinn, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman's returning. Um, you know. Robert uh, Roquan Smith does his thing. Khalil Mack does his thing. you know it's a great unit. I love to see what we see from them. Um, I expect Roquan Smith to be a defensive of the year candidate uh, defensive player of the year candidate, I should say um, he's got the stuff. I mean he just gets cheated every year for the Pro Bowl, and that's truly how I feel. He has better stats than half of these linebackers that get voted in. If you don't believe me, look it up yourself I'll bank that I'll put that on I'll put my next check on that that Half of the guys that make the fucking Pro Bowl as a linebacker, Roquan Smith, has had better stats than. I truly do believe that, at least for the 2020-2019 season. Like, I, I don't know. It just goes so under, un- underrated. He's so underrated. Now, someone who's been a little bit overrated is Eddie Jackson. And I'm, I played safety in high school. I played safety of a lot of my life. Uh, I'm a DB at heart. I'm a running back at heart. I know those positions like the back of my hand. Um, for me... Eddie Jackson got paid and just stopped giving a fuck. Like, that's how it looks. And I know that's not how it is. Um, I just feel like Eddie really needs this pass rush to just go off, man. Like, they need to be great. They need to excel. They need to do their thing. And a big part of that reason why is... um, you know, if if Eddie Jackson was looking a little rough when Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller and all these other guys and Adrian Amos were here, um, he looked like an absolute stud. I believe he had, what, seven interceptions in 2018. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it, he's just he's just struggling. And, and I think this is going to be a make it or break it year for him, because it, one of the biggest issues is right now. Is He doesn't have Kyle Fuller here. He doesn't have Bryce Callahan here Adrian Adrian Amos has been gone um, It's your second year now with a new safety. You don't you know, it's been rough um, You had Ha Ha Clinton Dix and then he was gone now you have uh, Travis Gibson uh, to Sean Gibson part of me um, For year two, so it, hopefully you get that chemistry back you run that back um, You know, you thought Clinton Dix was gonna work because you guys both went to Bama together You thought that was gonna be great um, ended up not working out. But it's one of those things where it's like you're underperforming and at some point I, I got to I gotta put you on the spotlight. Like I can't just always remember 2018 and always think of, okay, well, this is what he can be. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's what you are, not what you can be. So the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky. Like we can wait every day of every single season waiting for Mitchell Trubisky to finally develop. But if it's just not there, it's just not there, you know, despite of what was despite of what he could have been in 2018. Um, but yeah, that's what I really got for you guys today. I'm, I know I just shit on the entire team, but that's not how I went, I wanted it to come across. Um, I'm really excited for this team. I think this team can be great. I think there's so much promise. There's so much potential, but there's definitely concern. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to pretend like this team is perfect. I'm not going to pretend that, you know, oh, Andy Dalton's going to come in and sling shit and shit's going to be perfect. Like no, I have actual concern. Oh, I'm I'm concerned about the DBs. I'm concerned about the protection. I'm concerned that if Justin Fields is to come in, can they protect him from injury, or we're we gonna see another Joe Burrow situation? Knock on wood, God forbid. Um, but it's one of those things where, like, I take that very seriously, and I think, you know, this team could definitely win the division this year. I think they can surprise a lot of people. Excuse me. Um, I think it's one of those things where you know, we're sleepers again. You know, we have one of the hardest schedules in the NFL right now. I believe it's top three hardest schedule or top five, um, which I don't fucking understand. But it's it's one of those things um, nonetheless, you know, and the Bucks have one of the easiest. Like it just it just doesn't fucking make sense anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just how the network and it's just how the league feels about us. And that's perfectly fine. And we'll, and we'll take that on the chin and we'll run with it. You know what I mean? We're not scared of you know a little um, a little you know pressure I guess you could call it you know to be great you know a lot of guys' jobs are on the line and I feel like that's going to be said that's going to be addressed um, Matt Nagy definitely should address it he should say you know I know my job's on the line I know if I go many of this team goes because um, a lot of that team is built to fit his system um, really the only guy safe of his job right now is Justin Fields and. As I promise you, I promise you, boom, as soon as year two hits, he's on the clock right now. He gets that pass. We're in that honeymoon stage. Um, I'm not saying by any means that we should be concerned about Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a great commodity. I think he's going to be an NFL superstar, um, the future of this league. And why do I say that? I also believe in Trevor Lawrence. Um, I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I believe in all these other guys, Deshaun Watson If he didn't have all this going on that he has going on as a talented individual and can run this league. Um, Aaron Rodgers, another one. You know, Christian McCaffrey. The the list goes on and on of guys who are just built for this, um, built for this moment. And I've watched Justin Fields since I was um, 16 years old. I'm currently 21 turning 22. Like, I've been watching him for a very long fucking time. Whether it was from his Alabama days, his Georgia days, his QB1 beyond the lights days, you know. Um, just watching tape of him in high school, then watching him at Ohio State, um, and now watching him in person for the Chicago Bears is is one of those experiences that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, I loved Mitch, but it, it's nothing like I've watched Justin over the years. And I honestly never in a million years thought Justin would follow the Chicago Bears until a couple months before the draft when I actually started really looking at the draft boards and people's mock drafts. And I said... We have an actual shot to trade up for this kid. Um, which is why I got a part of the ASAP network and why I got a part of all these other gigs is because people looked at my shit and they were like, wow, this kid was right. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But my point is, um, a lot of this team, you know, aside from, let's name a few, Roquan Smith, um, Bilal Nichols, Jalen Johnson, um, obviously Cairo Santos because of his recent deal. Um, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, Justin Fields, like those, and, and Darnell Mooney. Those guys are safe. Those guys have their jobs. Um, and Khalil Mack, but like Akeem Hicks, like and they, I love Akeem. I love Akeem so much, and I want him to finish his career as a Chicago Bear. Um, Danny Shervathan as well, but if we have a losing season, you might see a lot of these pieces traded in order to just somewhat go in a full-blown rebuild mode. And, and that's very unfortunate. So I'm really hoping for it. I'm really hoping this Bears team shows out and shuts down L.A. Um, fuck Jalen Ramsey, I, respectfully. I hope Darnell Mooney shits on him. Um, we've been waiting to see that all season long, ever since last year's game. Um, but yeah, with that being said, this is Mike Houston Mike on the Mic. T-minus seven days, boys. Bear down.